welcome podcast listeners and once again I am so excited to introduce you to a woman Otkara Kletki and when you listen to her you will hear that she is a little different she has a really cool accent and um Otkara I first came across you when we were both in a publishing school together and I watched your posts and what you were doing and just when you published your first book how well it did and how many people really resonated with that story so i'm wondering if you could share a little bit about your background and then about how you even came to write your first book hear your body whisper and then we'll talk a little bit later about your other books that you've now written welcome otkara and Please just share a little bit about your background. Hi Sarah. Um thank you so much for us. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here and having the opportunity to share a little bit. I am and since you talked about my access, I am originally born in Czech Republic or back then when I was born it was still Czechoslovakia and I grew up there. Uh, later on in life I traveled because I love traveling. I traveled a lot and eventually on my travels I met my husband who is from Oregon. In 2002 I moved to Oregon and I've been living here since. Like you said I uh, I wrote some books so since 2016 I became a full-time author which was something I really was not before. So why don't you share with folks what you were doing professionally um before you came here because you were very much public and engaging with the public and communicating and so a little bit about your professional background i was public in a public eye but it was back when i was still in czech republic i had a chance i managed to get on a national television and i was an investigative reporter at one tv program which was a fantastic opportunity to research, learn and talk to people and I pretty much had to have found some problem, some sort of a show and we would go after that. I did my own screenplays and um, talk to people and the, these were about 15 to 20 minutes um small kind of investigative documentaries almost if you would and it was it was super interesting so it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of hard work i i worked as we always said either we worked a lot or not at all because once we had something then the work was on and then when i moved to united states i um and got married to my husband at the beginning when you're waiting your time for a green card which can take a couple of years you're not allowed to work your husband has to show the means that he can take care of you for this timeline so i actually did not work and i was just at home and uh, later on and i worked for a little bit at a, as a personal trainer once i was allowed to work um at the gym as a personal trainer but by at that time my husband made himself a company i uh, had a company and uh, so i stayed at home and kind of helped him a little bit in the background for what he needs and just took care of the household Then we had a kid and uh, I stayed home and I was homeschooling I still am homeschooling our daughter who's now 11 years old and so I stayed at home but 
after a whole decade of being at home, I have to say that uh, just like this happens, and I'm sure a lot of women can, can agree, it becomes really isolating. And I really needed something more. I started to feeling, as much as I had a beautiful family, I, I started to feel depressed and it was not unfulfilled, if you will, in life and really wanted to get something else done, something that would be there further and I always wanted to write books always did when I was mostly when I was a little child my first job I ever wanted to do if you ask me when I was five six seven eight years old I would tell you I wanted to be an author and write books once I hit a puberty and you know in my teens I had no clue what I want to be and I'm sure that happens to a lot of people. And then later on in life, and once I moved to the United States, I, again, did not have any clue if I was to return to workplace, what I would do, because I felt like, well, my education really doesn't transfer from Europe to here. So I really have did not have any kind of education I was able to use. I had an accent, which does not give you really good place to had to, to look for any kind of like more meaningful jobs. And uh, I felt that uh, if I was to write a book, and this is what I felt like long prior for all those years, I felt that if I'm going to write a book, it's going to be really hard because I don't speak English good enough in order for me to be able to be a, an author. I may talk enough and be able to read a book, but I just didn't think I can do it. And then I came across the course, um, the publishing school, the self-publishing school that we met, that kind of gave me a good hope that if I hire an editor, that I could just give it a shot. And I think by then, there was really nothing left for me like to lose. There was, you know, nobody really know about me. So it was not like if I failed, the whole world would be completely disappointed. If I didn't fail, it would be okay. And I mostly did not focus on it. I wrote my book at that time. I was, when I started, I was 39 and a half. And I knew I was going to approach a new decade. And it felt like really big thing. I'm going to be 40 years old. And I did not want to go in 40s, like depressed that I like went to 40s and I'm getting old and I have nothing to really show for. And so I wrote a book to give myself a birthday present. And I was hoping I'll publish it by my birthday. It took extra couple of weeks. It was not by my birthday. I published it two weeks later. But about six months prior, I started working on that book and uh, to bring it to life. And I eventually did. And it was my probably the most important present I ever got. And it was the present that I gave myself on my own. So when you think about it being the most important present you ever received, was it because you went after something you wanted or because you accomplished something you didn't think you could? What was the significance? Both. From what you say, that both. It transformed me. This six months of getting up early and writing a book, and when I was just going through the writing stages, I didn't even want my family. I, I had so little... Like I had an intense desire and I promised myself I will do it. And so I was working every day, but I would get up at like super early in the morning before anyone got up and sneak to the computer in my pajamas and would write. My family was completely unaware of me even writing the book at the time until I went to like further on the stage and started to work on publishing the book. And then I told them But the actual first part of written until the book was fully written. 
Nobody even knew about it. The huge transformation wasn't just the writing the book. It was the entire journey of what I had to do for the first time in my life. I looked at a goal that took multiple months to achieve, to bring it to life. And I commit to it. And I would get up every single day, extra early. And every single day, well, I still then later on went on with my day, homeschooled my daughter. I got a discipline that I don't think I ever had in my life prior to do something for so long continuously and like just self-motivated. I had to find this kind of power within me. And that was really hard. And that really, really changed a lot in a game for me. And then I was lucky that the book got, I shouldn't say I did not care. Of course, I cared a lot and I really hope the book will be successful. But I kept telling myself, I'm just, it's not my book's job. My book's job, it's not to be successful. But the only job I have is to actually publish the book, to bring it to the end and do my best along the way. And I told myself, it's okay if I screw up. It's okay if it's not perfect. The main goal is to just show my own self that I can do it. And it was just a book for me. I did. And so this whole thing, this whole thing of actually showing myself that I was able to do something that was my dream and bring it out. And then, of course, on the end, it ended up being really successful. So I cannot say like how I would feel if it didn't. But at the time, it's like it, I published it and all of a sudden I had a full-time income out of one single book. So I was really, really uh, lucky. That in itself showed me the whole other thing that I can actually homeschool and I can actually be able to do what I want. And not only that, that like all of a sudden I had a platform that I can do what I always wanted to do. I really enjoy the whole process. It's hard. It's not an easy journey, but uh, it gives you a huge level of satisfaction at the end. And even throughout, I feel good. Like I'm, I feel good throughout the steps. It just show me I can do something and on top like that I can do it pretty much from anywhere in the world. So if I decided to travel, if I decided to go somewhere, do something, I can do it no matter where I am in the world, which was something that was kind of a dream of mine to find some sort of income that would do that. So this was like something I focused for years prior. I was always thinking what I could do that I would not actually have to leave the household. And I could do it from home and I can do it from anywhere. Then this happened. So it was a sort of a manifestation of, I guess, like something that was stuck inside me for a long time and then just bursted out. What did your um, daughter and your husband say when they finally found out what you were up to and what you had accomplished? I think they were happy for me. Um, I'm not like, I'm not sure really what I, I, I think I'm just the same mom to them. You know, at, my husband is successful at his job and I'm trying to be successful at mine. And so um, they are, they're definitely happy. My daughter, after the first book I wrote, um, I started the children's book series, a chapter's book, because I homeschool my daughter. So I wanted to do something while I was homeschooling to teach her and uh, she could be part of my books and she could do a critique. She could do a beta reading. So she's excited, especially for the children's books, of course, that she reads. My husband is definitely proud and happy that I had a chance to, you know, to succeed in the way I did. So let's talk a little bit about your the differences, because there are very different genres of books. Your first book was called Hear Your Body Whisper, and it really was very real and personal and practical. And then your children's books have kind of a lightheartedness about them. So we talk a little bit about your first book, what you were, you know, what that's about, because I know there will be people who are listening to this 
who need and want to know more about that book, the same as there are people who are going to be super excited to learn about your kids series. Okay. Yeah, it's true. I, um, I change genre. It's, it's not very common and usual for authors to do that. If I was to play by the rules, I would not have changed genre because I created myself an audience in the nonfiction that it's meant for adults. Yeah, the Hear Your Body Whisper, the subtitle has How to Unlock Yourself Healing Mechanism. So that book is a partial journey where I share the health issue I had as a child, which was, or I had an extreme amount of health limitation as a kid and I, how I overcome it and my relationship with my body. And it's kind of an invite for the reader to take a loving and good approach to their body and find a way how to heal their body on their own with the methods, with being able to laugh. And there is like true blueprint to how you are able to love your body because a lot of people have true issues with that. And how the body responds back and how do you, how are you able to communicate with it? The book was, like I said, it was really successful. I was not expecting that. And I was talking about that book on some other interviews back then when I was producing a paperback, then later on the audio book. And I got kind of, to be honest, I got kind of like saturated with the subject and I needed something lighter in between to write that would be something else that I would like step away from that genre. And it was it was just like the urge within me and I wanted to do a children's book, which I thought would take me a very short time. I had at a time super short plans uh, to, to do a quick, quick book, which did not happen. The next book actually took uh, nine months to produce in all three formats. And it started a whole series and I find out about myself. I cannot just like produce a quick book because once I get into the subject, I start being very type A and want everything the best I can. But while I still always look that I have to make moves forward, I wanted to say that it's uh, very common for authors to like be type A and never ever finish the book at the end because they keep re-editing and re-editing and re-editing. So I always have the end goal in mind and I always have the process how I go through it to make sure the book ends up being done at the end. And also I took the time to research for another book. I will be just put together the whole outline and I'm getting ready to put together and start writing now. And that would go after the Hear Your Body Whisper. This book will be about brain. But in between, I wrote that children's book, which was the first one. And because it started a series and it's a little book about dogs and it's written from the point of view of the dogs, which makes it really fun. And I get feedback from a lot of grown-ups. They really enjoyed like a family book because uh, the dogs in a book judge a human world and talk about humans. And instead of turning dogs into human characters, I turn the humans into more animal characters. So the dogs, <laughs> from their point of view, they talk about, you know, on the other paw, you know, they say that humans grow fur on top of their head and things like that. So they actually use like the language we use for animals that's used for humans. And so that's pretty fun, but it is a mystery series. It's kind of like a Sherlock Holmes, Dr. Watson, except I have Siberian Husky named Bella and Poodle, educated Poodle named AC as, uh, as my main characters who are solving mysteries. So there's always the mystery, but uh, the fun, the fun part of the book, books are that 
the Arvidsson from the dog's point of view. And uh, once I wrote the first one, published the first one, I started the series. So I needed to write a second one in order to actually have series. So I quickly, well, not quickly, I um, wrote and published the second one that came out June 1st this month. That was done, and now I'm ready for. And now I'm ready for the nonfiction. However, I am. I actually did start. I'm starting the, the another children's book in this series because the characters kind of grew on me and kind of live inside me. So I feel like they like me. I'm like slowly giving a bit towards that children's book, but at the same time, I got all my research collected on a brain book, all my outline done, all everything. It's kind of set in a place to produce this book about the brain. So hopefully that's coming next. As I'm listening to you talk about your journey and your writing, I'm asking folks who are listening to consider how challenging, I know you threw out that you got an editor, But I will tell folks that an editor doesn't write for you. An editor fixes what you've written and helps you. So you're still doing all the hard work in a language that's not your native language. And I imagine it's gotten easier over the years. But still, writing is hard work. And you talked about getting up and being motivated every morning, which is such a powerful habit to get up and just Mm -hmm. put structure around yourself that allows you the time and space to do the work that you need. And now it sounds like the work that you're really loving doing in the way that you'd hoped when you were a little kid. I'm wondering what other habits that you have or tips for success that have helped you keep moving forward. Because I would imagine there were times in the process where it felt more difficult than other times. Right, that's definitely true. I think the the one first thing that it's it's it might sound funny, but I think in order to be successful, in, the important part is to experience the failure. It was to me, it was to know that my English is not good enough and be okay with that. A lot of times, it could be something else that actually like already because we are afraid of something that might happen. And if we don't know how the situation is when it happens, then we're afraid of it. But a lot of times when it actually happens, like I realized, like once I wrote the whole book, it wasn't such a big deal. Yes, I had some feedback from the readers in reviews that like my writing was simple. But at the same time, you realize that sometimes your weakness is your strength. And this is what I find out through that process and through the people. So while I had few people who were giving the when they were giving the reviews, they were saying that the writing is simple. They still like the message. But then I had a whole bunch of people who were saying the book was simple to read. It was really easy to go through to understand. And it's a great book because it's written simple. And I realized that what I thought is my biggest handicap was one of my bigger strengths. And it's the same thing while I'm within children's book because I don't, I honestly don't have the level of vocabulary. I'm not Shakespeare. I'm not that understanding of the language. I don't know. Uh, I use, you know, synonyms. I Google synonyms constantly to try to find new words. And so it is, it is hard, hard in some ways because it makes me work harder. But because I work harder to overcome the obstacle or the obstacle. So now when I really am not concerned about the fact that um, English is not my first language, it is it is a bigger strength because I am already working harder. I am already learning to work harder, which gives me upper leg over the English speaking authors who don't do that. 
and also I am able to write things simply for people and uh, I think and at least this is my own opinion I'm not sure if this is true or not but like I kind of have this feeling that if a book is written simply they tend to read longer and they last in the book and they want to read it because it doesn't the book doesn't tire the brain of the reader so soon so they can go through the book much faster they read and they absorb the information and because I don't have all the vocabulary yet I still do read all the research so I take a lot of these more complicated words and the findings and I somehow translated it like to simple the simple language that anyone can understand the research really is important you know what's the science behind it sometimes that can be so dense or so involved that folks won't read the entire thing you know maybe they only read part of it or just the summary but not really how it got there so the ability i think to read complex things and communicate it back in a way that is understandable to a lot of people is really powerful and very useful i know that um I appreciate that in other people because I like reading the research, but if someone says, can you tell me what you just read? I'm thinking, well, not simply. To have someone that has your skill set for being able to do that is really great. And I love, love the concept of your kids' book series, partly because you've got the two different types of dogs, that they're both strong and smart dogs, the breeds are, and that they're girl dogs. So I think right. that just sets a great tone for young girls, you know, to think about, you know, you can be different, but you can be really smart and creative and investigating and kind of get out in the world. But it also cracks me up to think about the conversations the dogs are having about the humans. Because there's a part of me that thinks they actually do that. And they're going, man, those two-leggeds are a little slow on this. I'm wondering, you've already shared some of the lessons you've learned along the way. And I'm wondering if you were to look back or have a conversation with yourself, maybe when you were 17, 15, 16, 17, what advice might you give yourself? Just any advice about what you know now, you know, now that you've changed continents, have a family, have written and are in a totally different career path than you were when you first started out? Mm, I actually, back then, um, as much as I didn't know, I, I still wanted to write. I've read a lot. I always read a lot. I don't know if I would have like any big advice other than like, don't change. I think I change a lot because I try to, when I moved here or I try to change, I try to fit in. I try to, you know, do the things that I thought was the way that it would be good for everyone. And I kind of threw that process, I think, and it didn't take till I was like in my 30s that I kind of like slowly, it felt like I faded in believing in myself. If I was 16 and 17, I believed my, I believed I can do anything. So I was really full of myself. I was full of my own ego. So uh, I would probably just tell myself, like, just keep this up. Don't give up, don't give up on yourself and don't give up on like that. That was the worst thing that happened to me was that I like thought that because I would not write in my native language, I wouldn't be good enough. And then writing in my native language was not possible anymore really for me either because I no longer used it. So it's not like I don't speak it, but I had the same issue. I did not know current grammar. I was not using the language. So I was not thinking in, a lang- in my own native language either. So 
the book would not be really good either. And Czech Republic is a pretty small country, so the audience would be very limited for me to try to publish the book there. So I think it would be just stay strong and keep going and learn the, learn the self-discipline. That would be probably the biggest thing. But honestly, looking back, I'm not sure if I was ready for self-discipline at that age. I admire all the authors who are in their 20s who can produce books because it is a dedicated daily work. You have to keep moving forward especially if you're self-publishing, because the writing and the editing part, it's very short part of the entire process of actually bringing the book to be published to the whole life. So you have to work with all the other aspects of the book to make sure it's all put together. But it's a fun process. I love it because I love, I love to self-publish because I'm in charge of the book cover. I'm in charge of, you know, how I like if I like the formatting or no, I'm in charge of the people I work with. I don't do a lot of things. I hire, no, I definitely hire a graphic designer. I hire a formatter. But I am still the one who like makes comments how I want things done or no and who I hire, who I work with. And this is a fantastic thing because I try to work with really awesome people and have great relationships. Um, when I produce the audiobook, I have an amazing narrator who studied Yale. Uh, university. She started acting there. So she's a super professional actress. And I just love working with her because I can take my book and I can be like, I can feel like a director and tell her like, here, you got to tell that like slowly, here you go fast. This is the feeling of the, of the scene. That's what I want to have there. And she's fantastic at like bringing it to life. And I have this talent and I am the one who A, gives her the text to read and also is the person who has the chance to bring the best out of her. So like, like always before I give her the book, I give her the, especially this children's one, that's a lot of fun because I give her all the characters, you know, what they are like. And it helps me to understand my characters because I know what kind of voice, what would they be if they were alive and give her everything, all of that. And I just love, I just love the creative process that comes together. I love to see other people talents to come out and actually use their talents to produce my book that's that's super fantastic so it's a it's it's an amazing fulfilling thing to do but i'm not sure if everyone's able to do it um at the younger age like i think i just was not i was too scattered to have the self-discipline that even if I told myself back when I was younger, I'm not sure if I would be able to actually follow up with that and bring it to the end. That's a good observation because we change as we grow and we may just not be ready for the advice we would give ourselves now. I do want to say when you're talking about the production part of your audio book and getting it ready, I saw you like be a producer on a big set. You just have such great energy around that and liking to bring other people's talents out. Otkara, I think you bring so much into the world, not just from your writing, but just from how you show up and share with others. And I know, you know, from having looked at some of your live videos, that that energy comes across there too. So as we are wrapping up the interview, is there something you would like to offer our audience today if they want to learn more about you? I would love that. Um, I I have a two independent thing. If I, if anybody would be interested um, with my first book, Hear Your Body Whisper, How to Unlock Your Self-Healing Mechanism. If that is a little bit more of an interest, the huge part of the book is being able to meditate with your body. 
And I wrote a meditation that basically takes you inside your body that I suggest that people record with their own voice. So they actually have their own voice. So, But a meditation is written and can be adjusted because it's written. Everyone can adjust the little tiny bits to their needs to help the possible parts of the body that they may have as a, as a problem. I have a meditation. And if you just want to check out my writing and have some fun and are dog lovers and wonder what dogs think about people, um, then I wrote a dog's guide to humans, how to pick and train your people. It's a basically a, a guide to a little puppy of uh, what do you do if people come and try to pick you up, if they're bad people, if they're good people, and what do you need to learn as a dog to train your people to give you food from their food. And back again, how do you get yourself in bed to make sure you sleep with the human beings inside their bed? It's it's a fun, it's a definitely a fun kind of uh, in reverse uh, little book. And both can be found right on my website, www.otakarakletsky.com. So both downloads are available right there. We will make sure that the links to your website are on the podcast. So folks, when they find your podcast can just look down to the information about it and they'll be able to find your website right there. So as we wrap up, Otkara, I am just so happy that we were able to connect today and I'm looking forward to reading your children's book series because I just think it sounds pretty interesting. And I've got... um, kids in my life that I know would love to read it as well. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And um, it it has been a privilege. It was great to talk to you. And uh, I wish you all the good luck and the same to all the listeners. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Otakara. So that's it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, please hop on over to iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. This helps us get the word out to more people just like you who want to live a no-labels, no-limits life. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.